No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Ken's Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kenslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears Podcast for the fans. On today's show, we break down how Sean Desai can fix the Bears' defense and much, much more. Dub, what's the good word, fam? Man, everything is all good over here, Perez. How about you, man? Man, after a long day, man, I decided to crack open me a little Ken's Lager beer over here, man. I had to go over there and see my fellas, man. It was a tough day. So I'm over here drinking <laughs> Chicago Common real quick. Yeah, I love that Chicago Common, man. That's a good choice there. But glad you ever make an um, appearance over there. Yeah, man, we'll have to get back over there soon. It was real cool the, the time that we hung out, me, you, Big Dave, and C-Dub. That was a good night, man, over at Ken's Locker Brewery. Yeah, man, it was, man. I'm looking forward to doing it again with you guys, man, very soon. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, we are made it here to the end of the week here. Friday is on the horizon. It's so close, A-Dub. You and I both need this weekend. You and I both been talking about how stressful this work week has been. I'm over it, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, man. I am over this week, man. No doubt, bro. Work has been kicking my butt. But you know how it is in HR, man. We got to do what we got to do for our people, man. They're the most important assets that we have. So you know how it go. I absolutely do, man. I love, absolutely do. But, man, I'm looking forward to getting into this episode, man, because we are so close to training camp, A-Dub. We are so close. Yeah, with, man. But with that in mind, I wanted to talk to our audience real quick. NFL Network. They're going to be airing every Bears preseason game live. And you know why they're doing that, audience? Because of one Justin Fields. A-Dub, talk to him. Yes, sir. Justin Fields. You know, Prez, everybody's been watching this kid, man. Everybody know the hype that's with Chicago. And it's all the hype is because of him, man. Everyone can see this kid's going to bring a lot to this team, man, moving forward. They know he's the future. They know he's the franchise player. And guess what, Prez? We're not the only ones anxious to see this kid play. So. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, man. I can't wait till it's aired out, man. So they show that um game, man, because I'm I'm all I'm all for it, man. I'll just say this, and I've said it many times on the show. Preseason football isn't the most exciting time of the season for me, but we got to add a bonus as Bears fans because we're gonna get a lot of Justin Fields. And I'm telling you, I will be at both of those preseason games. At first, I was gonna sell one of the tickets. I said, you know what? I'm not selling that game. I'm going to both of the games. <laughs> No, I, 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 want, I want to get all that Justin Fields glory. I want to see it all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, friends, that's the one time where I will say it's okay to be selfish, man. <laughs> you want to see Justin Fields? Hey, you got the tickets, brother. I think it's a time to go, man. Take full advantage of that opportunity. And we talked about it before. We know Nagy's got his plan. He's going to go into the season with Andy Dalton as his QB1. Justin Fields going to get plenty of action during the preseason. So we all get a f- up-close, personal view of what this guy's going to be able to do. And I'm looking forward to it. I am here for it, A-Dub. I am here for yes, it. sir, man. Everyone want to see this kid play, man. I mean, really, everyone, man, the entire world. 
And I just want to see this guy, you know, put that work in to show us what he's been working on throughout the offseason, man, and, and show us something, right? I'm not saying he's going to be 100% ready to play a regular season game, but if he is, that's going to bring more hype, brother, to him, man, and to the team. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, we'll see. But another thing just off the field about this guy, and I think this is probably just another reason why so many of us love this kid already. I mean, we're already protecting this guy, and he hasn't played a down of football. But I'm telling you, if anybody makes a negative comment about Justin Fields, I'm on their bumper. I don't want to even hear it. You know what I mean? But I love the fact that there was a Bears fan that was shot, and he was like, I don't want to die before I get to see Justin Fields play. And Justin Fields went to go visit this man with his family, bro. Now, that says all you need to know about this kid, eh, Doug? Man, that is deep right there, brother. We talked about this time out of time again about him. This kid is not only great on the field, it's what he does also outside the field, man. What he does in his personal life, being a mentor, now going to visit a guy who's a huge Bears fan who's been shot. I mean, this just tells a lot about his character, man, how selfless he is, man, and how much he cares about the people. Yeah, the thing about this. We talk a lot about what these guys do on the field because at the end of the day, that's the part that we care about as fans. But I would say when I hear these type of stories about Justin Fields, it shows you that he's even a better person. And I love to hear these type of stories, man. Even better person. That's a great way to segue that, man, because just seeing him do these things, man, he doesn't have to, right? He's not forced to do these things. He's just doing it because he feels it's the right thing to do, you know? He's using his platform for all the right reasons outside of um, football. And that's one thing I kind of enjoy about this kid, man. And I look forward to seeing more of that, Perez, because I don't think it's the end of it, right? We're going to get more of this um, in the future. Yeah, but that, it just goes to show you that he's a high-character guy, and this is who you want to be the face of your franchise for your organization. So, honestly, big shout-out to uh, Justin Fields. A shout out to uh, Scott Moreau. That was the diehard Bears fan that was shot walking to his friend's home. I'm glad that he made it from that terrible situation and he's healing and recovering. And awesome that he got to meet Justin Fields. I mean, that's awesome all the way around. Yeah, absolutely, Perez. And Scott, glad you, um, you're alive, man, and um, have a good recovery. You know, glad you got an opportunity to meet your um, meet uh, Justin Fields. But most importantly, that you're still alive, man, and that you're able to move forward. And I would say any of our listeners, if you guys could get a hold of Scott, have him DM us at the Bears Pod. We want to offer him uh, tickets to to go to a game. So if anybody can get him in touch with us, definitely want to extend that welcome to Scott. So Bears Nation, do your job. (laughs) Yes, sir. Salute, Scott. All right, A-Dub. So we talked about this a lot in this offseason, the Bears' potential path to Arlington Park. I wanted to revisit it again. I'm going to be going to Arlington Racetrack on Sunday with the fam. Don't go out there and see some horses do what they do. But I'm also curious when I go out there, A-Dub, I'm like, I'm going to be kind of scouting the, the, the sights there and just trying to pick my <laughs> kind of pick my brain to see, hmm, how could this Bears thing really work out here? So it's kind of interesting timing, and we're talking about this on the show. So, audience, we're going to play a game of hypotheticals. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just say the Bears are truly serious about moving the team to the birds, right? Right. They didn't just simply make this bid as a negotiating tactic as Mayor Lightfoot accused them of. So let's just say Churchill Downs, Inc., the current owner of Arlington Park, accepts the Bears' bid and a contract is actually able to be worked. Now, I would just say, what is the actual road for this to happen? When you look at the situation, you have the mayor who seems to be on the outside looking in about everything. Right. Now, you also have a lease that we talked about. So let's just assume for for sake of argument, that the city doesn't release the Bears from that lease. Any Bears move to another stadium will be deemed an improper relocation. That's just per the terms of the lease. 
Right. So the CPD, which is the Chicago Park District, is entitled to collect from the club as liquidated damages. And so that would be an amount that's equal to 150% of the aggregate of the financial obligations. So we talked about that in the past. We said the owner of Rivers Casino, would they maybe pony up and make some sort of side deal with the Bears where they would help them recoup those type of funds? So I'm going to throw out a number here, and I'm going to let you go at this, A-Dub. So if the Bears officially terminated their lease via the improper relocation with 10 years remaining on that lease, they would owe $94.5 million to the Chicago Park District. Okay, 94 point. Okay. That's a lot of money, man. But the thing is, Perez, even with that much money, the Bears are worth, what, $3.5 billion, something like that? Mm-hmm. I think they got the money. They can afford that to, to take the hit. So hypothetically, you know, you ask me, that's a, that's a hit you probably want to take because the, the, the outcome of it, right, if you build a new stadium, all that stuff, man, is that you recoup the money back, right? So I would think you, you take the financial hit. Yeah, but also at the same time, if we know anything about that McCaskey family, they're not known for taking hits like that. That's almost $100 million. So <laughs> I'm looking at this situation like that's something that I want people to think about. Like it's not just cut and dry for them to just right. make this type of move. There's a lot of different levers mm-hmm. that need to be pulled. Now, also, if Churchill Downs were to accept the Bears bid in this hypothetical scenario, right, it doesn't mean that the Bears are going to get to work on building a new stadium right away. There's a lot that goes into that. In fact, right. it doesn't even mean that the Bears and Churchill Downs will even agree on a contract at all. So that's another scenario that I wanted to just make sure that we were bringing to the forefront with this whole situation with Arlington Racetrack. I would just say for a lot of our listeners who have been asking us questions about how viable this situation is, I just throw that $94.5 million amount out there. You guys know this franchise. Yeah. What do you think is the likelihood that they'll take that bullet? That is a very interesting perspective, Perez, that you brought out there, man. The Bears, you know, the team that's really been tight with the funds, Perez, they may not want to do it. I would think it would be an invest interest they're really serious about, you know, expansion and, and growing and having a great stadium where they can do many things with, Perez, that they might want to consider doing that. But on the flip side of it, you're right. It takes so much moving parts with this that nothing is really fully guaranteed. So with that, how much time is going to pass before the stadium's actually built, Perez? when they actually go in and have a team there, all that stuff. It's just so many different perspectives that goes into all this, right, before it can actually happen, where you can make that move. So a lot of good hypotheticals with it, but it just make you think and warranted that, hey, this is not an easy process nor an easy task. It's not. And also, too, another thing that I want our listeners to think about is there could be some pretty huge legal ramifications as well for the Bears to make this type of move. So also, think about in this hypothetical scenario, The Chicago Bears still aren't out of the woods, especially if they want to remain the Chicago Bears. Now, we know that Mayor Lightfoot, in her statement, referenced keeping the name and the team in the city. So now, let's think about that for a second. Because there could be a situation where the city of Chicago may say, hey, you can't use the name anymore if you're going to abandon us. They could use the threat of a lawsuit or threat of introducing legislation to make it illegal to profit off of the name. So now that's something else that I want our listeners to think about, because to me, that takes away a lot of the cachet of the brand and the valuation of the team if they can't use that name going forward. Everyone loves the name. So if you can't take that name with you, it's going to look really weird changing you. The biggest thing that I'm thinking about, Prince, when you talk about those things is the relationship between Mary Lightfoot, 
the legal side of the table and how that would go if the Bears were to break that lease. You know, it's so many points of it that really that the fans really value. I think the fans do value the name of the Bears. And if we can't keep that same name, if that, if that change was to happen for us, that was really suck. Yeah. And then just another thing on the financials, when the Bears renovated Soldier Field back in 2003, that shit cost almost $700 million. But yet the team only kicked in $200 million of their own money for that project. So, A-Dub, when you were talking about the value of the organization being $3.1 billion, and you talked about that price of the $94.5 million to, to break that lease, how you were like, oh, they'll pony up. Well, look at that. They had a renovation done there at Soldier Field, and taxpayers covered more of the cost than the organization did. Yeah, that's a good point there, too, Briz. Now, the question would be, you know, when it comes down to that piece of it, right, with the renovations and all that stuff, I'm quite sure the Bears might want to do that again, right? They might. They want to stay in the city. Now, how much is it going to cost again if they decide to go to, re- to try to do some renovations again, right? How much would the city pay? How much would the team pay? And what would be the alternative of that, right? What would we gain from that? So you got to really consider that, too, if they want to continue to stay in the city. Well, I'll give you a scenario. When the Raiders, when they built Allegiant Stadium there in Vegas, it cost them almost $2 billion to build mm-hmm. that stadium. So when the Rams built SoFi Stadium, which opened last season, it cost them approximately between 5 to $6 billion. Mm-hmm. So that gives you an idea of cost for these stadiums, right? Yeah. So who's paying for that? Where's that money coming from? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. You hit a good point. Then you got to look at also the cost of the new stadium, right? That could be a range around $2 billion to $3 billion, or even more than that. So how much money are they willing to spend, friends? Matter of fact, who's also helped covering the cost with the Bears? So that is a lot of money on the table, man. It really is. That makes this not even more of an easy transition now. Right, because we know if the Bears leave Chicago, the city of Chicago sure ain't helping. They helped with the renovation. They're not helping with this. Is Arlington right. Heights going to pony up? We don't know. That's a good point there. And that's something we don't know offhand, right? It's going to have to be so much negotiations, so much legal stuff that's going to take place for, like you were saying, man, to even make that happen. Because it's not going to be an easy way out or easy way in. <laughs> yeah, right. Whichever way you look at it. But So I just wanted to revisit this because I know we've had a lot of people reaching out asking questions about this. So I wanted to do a little bit more of a, a deep mm-hmm. dive into this A-Dub to let people know there's a lot that goes into this. And we wanted to just make sure dollars and cents wise, we wanted to educate and let people know these are the particulars on any sort of move. And this is what the Bears are looking to in the future if they want to move this team. There's a lot of, of roadblocks potentially in their way. And a lot of them are financial. Right. And you know what? It gets serious. We start talking about that kind of money, Press. A lot of money is on the line here. It really is, man. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks as uh, Churchill Downs, they're going to be sorting through the bids that they received. There's still a long way to go before the Bears are going to have any sort of potential new home. But again, we wanted to revisit this just to let you guys know just some of the things behind the scenes that may have to be, you know, figured out. Absolutely. All right, Dub. So training camp is finally here. The Bears are scheduled to hold their first training camp practice on Thursday, July 29th. It's going to be at 9 a.m. Rookies and veterans are going to be reporting earlier in that week, A-Dub. Actually, I think the rookies report on Saturday the 24th, if I'm not mistaken. And then the veterans, I believe, are going to show up on Tuesday, July 27th. With that being said, A-Dub, we are finally, finally here. We've been talking all offseason about this scenario and that scenario. Now we're here. Now we get to see these guys out there in that green grass, making things happen. Now we actually have things to actually talk to our listeners about that's relevant to the game. <laughs> I'm excited, <laughs> A-Dub. 
<laughs> hey, man, I'm excited too, friends, man. Let's get some football going, baby. I'm ready to see you all show up, man. We all make an impact, friends. I want, I'm ready for it all, man, because now is the chance now for us to really see where our team is at. And pretty much we're supposed to have everyone coming. So I'm looking forward to this, man. Yep. And this is the thing, too. Justin Fields has already said that he's going to report early. And I guarantee there's going to be some other guys that are going to check in and prepare themselves a little earlier as well. And right. I can't wait. Darnell Mooney will probably be one of those people as well, knowing how he's been attacking this offseason, eh, Doug? That's true. Money Moon! Bank right. will be open, baby, even in practice. <laughs> and listeners, you guys will get a lot of that from this guy for the rest of the offseason because Money Moon, he is going to definitely show us a lot in these preseason games and these practices. And I can't wait to see him linking up with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton as well. Yeah, man, that's going to be an exciting time for A-Dub. I'm telling you all right now, man. I don't care if it's preseason. I don't care if it's in camp press. Whenever that touchdown happened, baby, I'm all for it. The bank is open. Listen, I want you to live your best life, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel, man. But yeah, overall, Perez, you know, I was looking to see a lot of guys, man. I'm looking to see how A-Rob is going to be out there, man. We knew, I mean, you, you talked about this already, Perez, before on his podcast about his contract situation, how he's not letting that get to him. I'm looking forward to seeing how he come out. I'm looking forward to hearing about Higgs, you know, hearing about Mac, you know, all the guys, Perez. I'm just ready for it, man. I'm ready for the action, baby. That's right. I just opened up number two. So. The one thing, too, this is now going to be the second offseason that the Bears are going to have their training camp at Hallis Hall. Now, we talked about in the past, historically, the, the practices have been out in Bourbonnet. So the Bears have moved to their own facility. Last year, every team stayed at their practice facilities due to the pandemic. Fans weren't allowed to be there. This year, fans are going to be allowed to attend a dub, and you and I will be in the building on July 31st. To check it out. Check out those Sir. vibes. Next yeah. Saturday, we will be in the building. <laughs> and we're going to be live. DBE. That's right, DBE. We're going to be live tweeting from the Chicago State of Mind uh, Twitter account. So follow us at Chicago Versus. That's Chicago, V-E-R-Z-U-Z. We'll be live tweeting. If the Bears don't count off, off of uh, Twitter, we'll put a couple videos up. I know that they have some strict rules about that. We're going to do our best to make sure that we're giving you guys all the information that we have on this team and what we're seeing out there in that practice, hey, Doug? Yes, sir. That's going to be awesome, Perez. Awesome experience and awesome time for it to see our team, man. Yeah, and get to see Justin Fields, see how he operates against that number one defense, man. Every time we talk about Justin Fields, man, my day just get brighter, man. I can have a rough day. I can have a rough, rough day. So then we go and talk about Justin Fields, man. It just brightened up my day because I'm just anxious to see the kid play, man. I just know he's going to bring a lot to the table, Perez. No matter if it's in preseason, no matter if it's in camp, man, he's just going to bring it. Hey, I hear you smiling over there, brother. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Justin Fields, man, we love you. I'll probably yell that to you uh, next Saturday. So don't don't uh, look weird if you see a 235-pound <laughs> man uh, with your jersey on telling you that he loves you. I really right. do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we're just the big bros, Justin Fields. The big bros are, are coming, man. That's all. That's right. That's right, man. <laughs> but no, we, we're definitely looking forward to that. It's going to be good times. But speaking of the number one defense, A-Dub, let's get into the, the nuts and bolts of the episode. So audience, like A-Dub mentioned in the intro, we want to talk about today how the Bears are going to be able to fix this defense. What is the side going to be able to do to get this defense back to his ball hawking ways, right? Now, you got to think about this. Just a short couple years ago, under Fangio, this defense was the number one defense in the league, 
And teams were afraid to play this Bears defense. You right. had Khalil Mack coming off that corner. You had Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson picking off balls. I mean, you you had the defense that was forcing turnovers. Everything that we could have expected this, that defense to be, they were and then some. And then they took some steps back, A-Dub. So now we got to figure out how do we get things back to that point? Because while we've seen Desai getting a lot of praise from some of those main core players on the defense, and I think a lot of the reason why these guys are really high on him is because he's been there through all of the years with these guys, right? So they know him. Right. I think they feel pretty confident in his vision for the defense. And I also think this, A-Dub, I think that they know that he's going to be a little bit more aggressive and physical than they were under uh, Pagano. Oh, absolutely, Perez. And I totally agree with you from that perspective. They're going to be aggressive, man. I think that's the only way, really. Because the thing is, you have the guys to be aggressive with. Now, I think that's something the side knows. Hey, you got Hicks, right? You have Mac, right? You still have Quinn as well. And it's like, hey, these guys can't apply pressure, Perez. So having these guys continue to apply that, man, I think that's going to be very helpful and not taking that foot off the gas. Yeah, and I mean, just got to think about this. When Desai was hired, we talked about it. Very smart guy. Savvy, right? He obviously has the respect of the players. Right. And I also have the feeling that he's not going to be afraid to push these guys. I don't think he's going to care that these guys have a stand in the league, that this guy may make X amount of money, or this guy's going to be in line for a contract extension. I don't think he's going to care about that. I think he's going to push these guys, and I think he's going to have the ability to coach these guys up very hard. Yeah, I agree with you, Perez. I think he's going to hold all these guys accountable, veterans and all, to the standard. I think I've heard that plenty of times already about decide what he wants to do. And I think he's going to stand on that, man. I don't see him slowing down that process that, hey, you guys going to have to, hey, do, do your job. You have a responsibility. You're going to know what it is. And one thing I think he's going to do as well, Perez, is I think he's going to put in better schemes. I thought we had some good schemes in there last year, you know, at times. But I think that Desire really is going to do his homework, man, and put some good schemes in place that's going to be more effective than it was last year. So with that being said, I think the big key about him, and this is something that I've heard from a lot of people in that building, they said that he understands strength and weaknesses. They also say that he is a student of the game, watches a ton of film. Mm -hmm. So he knows the game. He knows football. And this is something that I've thought about a lot recently is the fact that I think that he's going to put these guys in the best position possible to make plays. And that starts by, like you said, scheme, him making the right calls, but understanding his personnel. And I think that's the biggest thing. You got to know your personnel, knowing your guys and and what position that you could put them in to make those impact plays. What position can you put Eddie Jackson in so that way Eddie Jackson can go back to being that ball hawk that he was a few years ago? Right, right. And you you hit a good point, though, Perez. You're talking about even Eddie Jackson being a ball hawk. I think Desai probably already done this already or working with Jackson on this already, looking at film from 2018 versus 2019, 2020, what he looked like then. And say, let's compare and contrast some things here. Look at opportunities with weakness, what he do well, kind of combine that, what he's going to do in the field this kind of season. So I like Desai, what he's going to do. So you hit on the head, man, a lot of good things about him. But the other thing I thought what he's going to do, Perez, is that he's going to make sure that these guys don't take any plays off. A lot of times we saw that Perez where we look a little tired or look fatigued at times. I don't think the side's going to go for that. Look, finish the play, finish the job. Let's get it done. Yep. Now, one thing that I will say, though, is entering this 2021 season, A-Dub, I think that his approach is going to be really good because he is taking over an aging defense from Pagano. And I think that's something. Not only was it an aging defense, but it was a defense that was struggling a bit at times, right? Right. Now, even though 
they struggled at times. They still ranked them both amongst the top half of the league in defense. So I think a lot of us as Bears fans are just used to this defense being a top five defense. We were kind of spoiled. But we also know that they have the potential to be much better than what we saw over the last couple of seasons. That's correct. Yeah, you're right. Some of our guys have been through some wars. They get a little bit older. But the thing is, we got a couple of guys who, are, to me, I still think you're still in their prime, right? Khalil Mack is, what, 30? I still think he can be as great as he was the past few years, right, back in 2018. I still think he has that in him, right? I still think Hicks can still be great, right? Um, I know he's, what, 31. So the guys are, they get older, Prez, but I still think they got a lot left in that tank there, man, you know? And I think Desai can bring it out of those guys. Yeah, and I hope you're right about that. Now, I will say this. And I know at times, a lot of the fan base, me included, we picked on Pagano. But I would say some of the shortcomings for the defense last season wasn't just on the way that Pagano called the plays or the way that the coaching staff handled the players. The players. Right. I think some of it had to do with the personnel itself. I mean, when you lose a guy like Roquan Smith, right, what are you right. going to do to combat that? When you have a Robert Quinn that's not getting the job done on the opposite side of a Khalil Mack, what are you supposed to do there? When you lose a Jalen Johnson on the opposite side of Kyle Fuller, what are you supposed to do? So there were a lot of things personnel-wise that I think can also kind of be credited for what we saw as far as some of those shortcomings, a Doug. No, Perez, you hit it on the head. That's part of it. I also thought that the offense struggles played a part in it too. You can't get nothing going offense. Now you're wearing your defense down. They got to play so much more time on the field because of that. So you're right. You got to take all those things into account, Perez. Injuries, and the fact that, hey, that defense is getting worn down, man. So that all plays a factor at some point in the game and where the guys can't always hold up because of that reason. So, yeah, man, I think this time it might be different, but we couldn't account for all those different scenarios, Perez, last season. So I can't really beat Pagano up that valley on that part of it, Perez, because of those um, things that, that occurred. That's why I wanted to bring that point up because I think yep. it's fair to look at it holistically. Now, I will say this. The thing that I just mentioned a second ago with Robert Quinn, I think that's the number one thing that I really think is going to go a long way with helping his defense to improve in 2021 is improving that production on the edge, on the opposite side of Khalil Mack. We all know what Khalil Mack's going to do. He's a bad motherfucker, right? Yes, sir. And this dude right here has been fighting through injuries, but even though he's been hurt, he still is a major force on that damn defense. One of the top-ranked edge rushers in this league. and you got. Hakeem Hicks, who's going to be holding that shit down in the interior. You got Malau Nichols. You got Eddie Goldman. Yes, sir. We have a hole there on that other side, and we need to make sure that Robert Quinn is ready to go. Because if you look at pressure on the quarterback that came from his side of the field or when he was rushing the quarterback, it wasn't there. It was very inconsistent. And I saw some numbers, A-Dub, that when Robert Quinn was in Dallas, this dude was getting after the quarterback. He had like 35 quarterback pressures in that year in Dallas when he had right. like 11 and a half sacks. Well, <laughs> for the Bears last season, he had like 15 pressures on the quarterback. That's 15. not enough. <laughs> That's not enough. Not enough at all. Not enough at all. And the thing is, Perez, we also saw with him with the snaps, Perez, that he couldn't be on the field because he wasn't that good in the run game, right? He, he, so he had to split the time as well. And then you got to look at the fact that when he did come, Perez, he wasn't 100%. So all these things kind of played a part of him, like not being able to execute in the field. I'm hoping that's not the same case this year, but that factor did sink in, and it was unfortunate. We're going to need more out of him, Perez. You're right. He's a guy that needs to be targeted to doing better this coming season because last year wasn't enough at all. Also, 
there were so many times where defenses were keying on Quinn and running right at him. Tight ends were blocking him because they didn't even have to put an offensive tackle on him, and he was getting neutralized. So we saw last season some of the subs were coming in, and they were playing stronger against the run. But they weren't getting the pass rush that we need opposite of Khalil Mack. You know what I mean? And right. that's and that's a part of Robert Quinn's game that's never been absolutely strong. He's never been that big of an asset against the run, but it's still an area where you at least want the guy to be able to be somewhat like solid, be able to hold solid, up. Yes, you know? agree, agree. You're right. Solid is a good word to use, Briz. Don't be a detriment, right? And I think at times he was a detriment when you get in there and try to apply pressure. It's like he didn't know what to do when he couldn't get home, you know. So it's like, hey, the guy throw a little check down pass, you know where to be found. So he's going to have to do better in that department as well, Perez. But I also think, on another level, I think it's going to be also important that our secondary really make a big impact. And I'm looking at Jalen Johnson, Perez. I know he was our rookie, Perez, but now we're asking him to be pretty much Cal Fuller. So can he make that step up, right, to be that next guy, right, to be, hey, you know what? We don't miss a beat with him. I mean, that's fair, but with the secondary, it starts with the pass rush. And that's why Correct. I think it's very vital to make sure that we're getting something out of there. Because a lot of Bears fans, they went after Leonard Floyd in 2019 with the fact that he didn't have very high sack numbers in the defense opposite of Cleo Mack. But one of the things that people, and especially in his Bears fan base, did not give Leonard Floyd credit for was, A, the way that he performed against the run. And the fact that Leonard Floyd was great in coverage, so he could cover backs out of the backfield. That's another area that you're not getting that type of performance out of Robert Quinn. So now right. you have these backs that are leaking out of the backfield. Now those are areas now yep. where you have maybe an aging Danny Trevathan that's now struggling to keep up with those guys. So that's an area there that we lost when we lost Leonard Floyd to the Rams. I know a lot of people here wasn't a big Leonard Floyd fan, you know, right? A lot of Bears fans pretty much did a guy hell at times. But you're right. There are some assets to him that Robert Quinn just doesn't have, or at least have shown us yet. So now I think the side is probably going to try to do some things to help him out a little bit. But yeah, for us, that's an area, man, that's going to be critical. Now, you got to look at the fact now we got Eddie Goldman, right? Can he help out in some areas that aspect of things, right? And I think the side was to actually, you know, make sure that Trevathan doesn't get exposed this season like he did last year. Because you're right. If Quinn couldn't help out, Perez couldn't do much at all. Now you left Trevathan hanging. And that's not a good thing at all, right? We saw Trevathan a lot of times in coverage didn't do a great job, but I can't fault Trevathan for that. I got to fault some of that on Quinn. It's like, Quinn, if you got home, it won't put so much pressure on him. I'm not going to shoot Bill to Danny Trevathan that easily now. I think he also still has to do his job. <laughs> yeah, now, true too. Now, I will say this. I'm not looking at Eddie Goldman to help out as far as that coverage aspect of things. I think if we see that Robert Quinn is not getting the job done, now I'm looking at a guy like Travis Gibson. Now, yes. he flashed pretty good athleticism in the brief times that he played. Now, he's somebody that I think that may have a bigger role here in 2021. So if Robert Quinn doesn't get the job done, you may see Gibson come in on some of those third downs to do some of the things that I mentioned that Robert Quinn didn't get done. So I think that's the issue. I think the number one issue I look at with this defense is getting production out of that spot. Because then, as you mentioned with the secondary, it helps yep. the secondary out if we're getting more pressure on the QB. That's true. Always. Yep. And that, that, that exposes us to, that gives us the opportunity to get what more interceptions spreads. The opportunity there is there. Cause now the quarterback has to rush and throw, make a play. But yeah, it, it sets us up for success if we're doing that, but you're right. Robert Quinn is going to have to step up. If he can't do it, Perez, I think the side probably go a different direction. We'll let someone else do it. Like Gibson, like you just said, man, I think that'll be cool. I think it really will be. So if he can't get the job done, Quinn can't do it. 
we got to go elsewhere. We can't really waste time, right, on, on trying to get Quinn ready. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that. Now, another area that I think that I'm hoping that Sean Desai looks into a little bit more, and this is something when I was reviewing a lot of film from the 2020 season, one of the areas that we really got killed in this defense was within short passing. Now, there were a lot of times where these quarterbacks on these opposing teams were targeting Buster Screen. They were targeting the slot. They were targeting Vildor. They were targeting just anybody that was lining up in that slot. Duke Shelley. <laughs> you know, and so what was happening was that these guys weren't making plays on the ball. Right. And Buster Screen had no interceptions in his two seasons as a Bear. How does that happen? Ouch. Ouch. That should never happen. You ask me. Not with this kind of defense we got, right, Perez? We need that pressure right there, man, to be able to get those interceptions. In that slot position there, man, it was atrocious, man, that we didn't get enough production like we wanted to in out that area. Now, one thing that I want our audience to keep in mind, though, because I am going to shoot bust the screen a little bit of Bill. Now, you got to think about it. When he played for the Jets, bust the screen was in more of like a man-to-man type of coverage of where he played in New York. But now here in Chicago, we know that they had a quarter zone emphasis on that defense. So right. even though, you know, most guys that line up in that nickel cornerback spot, they're mostly going to play plenty of man-to-man coverage. But in the Bears scheme, so as A-Dub mentioned earlier, he's hoping that the side can switch up the scheme a little bit. You would say that Buster Screen was playing a lot of zone coverage in that scheme. Yes. And he wasn't at his best playing that way. On top of that, he had those concussion issues. So it was just a, a he was just basically downhill. Just and the fact that he was put in a scheme that didn't fit his his skill set. There you go. And then he had the injuries. So yep. with that being said, now I think the key to shoring up some of those issues with that short passing game, in addition to improving that pass rush and actually getting pressure on that quarterback, but I think that they have to do a better job of changing up that scheme and letting these guys get a little physical, jamming these guys and getting these receivers off of their stride a little bit. Yeah, you're going to have to change some things, Perez. And I think the other key factor you were alluding to, Perez, is that you said earlier, it's about player personnel. What is these guys' strength, right? And I think the side could be able to scope that out of the players, what they can do very well. And a lot of times we've seen, Perez, a lot of these offensive guys, they were putting their best player in the slot, their best wide receivers going to the slot. You got Adams going to the slot. You got all these other great wide receivers going to the slot. They feel like they have the advantage there. So I think Desai has a, a unique situation now to say, hey, look, these wide receivers can't get nothing going outside. We're going to have to switch up and make some adjustments to where they're going to try to get something inside. We got to move some things around. But that's going to cause the per- player personnel for us to adjust, to make the adjustment of what's going to work for the team. Duke Shelley got his work cut out for him if he's going to be the one playing the slot. Bill's going to play at the area. He's going to have his work cut out for him. So it's going to be something different than how we did last season. Yeah, and the one thing, and the reason why I'm picking on this short area of the field is because in the middle of the field is where we got really gashed over the course yeah. of the season. Now, this is why I didn't shoot Danny Trevathan any bell, is because, I, and I know he's never been really strong at pass coverage, but he gave up a lot of completions in the last couple of seasons. And I think this season, if we start to see that sign happening again, bro, they may have to start substituting him and bringing another safety in, like we saw happening at times with Deion Bush coming in. I think right. in certain passing situations, if we see teams starting to exploit Trevathan over the middle, we have to make that adjustment with the uh, personnel. Yeah, and the key factor, Prez, that you mentioned about making that, that change, man, we got to do it sooner than later. 
We see it happening. It's time to make an adjustment, right? It's like, hey, that's what it is. You got to make it. You got to get a match that. So it's X and O's. We're not going to get married to one way. We're going to have to make some adjustments, make some changes. And like you say, if the things get eaten up, man, or that start to happen, we got to change some things around. Yeah. And also, too, I mean, you talked about the quarterback position with Jalen Johnson, who's now going to be elevated to that CB1 spot. Now, opposite of him, and we talked about it, is it going to be True Font? Is it going to be Vildor? Is it going to be Thomas Graham Jr.? We don't know. There's a lot of questions that are going to happen here. But then we also have a question of what's going to happen at the slot position because right. Duke Shelley, they've tried him there before. It's been up and down. So we don't know if he's going to be able to nail down that spot. Or is Thomas Graham Jr. someone that maybe we're looking at him being a candidate for that outside role? Maybe he's someone that the organization may say he might be someone that we might be looking at in the slot. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like Graham, man. I like him, Prez. I think he has a lot he can bring to the table. He likes to play physical as well, man. And he's more of a ball hawk, too. So I wouldn't mind seeing him in that position, Prez, to see be able to bring. So, yeah, we got a couple of options to consider. I do hope these guys who got the chance to play last season, Prez, have shown improvement and development. I think that's the key factor going into this season. How much have these guys developed, right? And if they have, that's a good sign, you know, based upon what they went through last season. So I don't know for sure yet. We have to really see it, Perez. I agree because when the defense played at a high level in the 2018 season, our third down defense was awesome. Last year, our third down defense Ooh. was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, so, man. I'm going to give them a little bit of bail here. They were decent on third down defense in the earlier part of the season. Then the latter half of the season, that third down defense was pretty bad. And I think that that's going to be something that I'm hoping with Desai, he's going to come and he's going to bring some of that Fangio aspect and things and really restore this defense to getting these teams off the field on third down. Yeah, Press. I think a lot of teams sort of figures out the way, Press, the second half of the season of what we were doing on third down. As you can see, we'll have these teams second and long, or third and long, sorry. And then what we would do, we would pretty much revert back to zone coverage all the way around. And that gave guys a chance to now, on the offense side, to match up, right, and see what they, what they can exploit. It may be, it may be Trevathan, maybe somebody else. But that's what they're able to do. They're able to see the field a lot more. But I think, Perez, this time, we may have to switch things up and say, you know what, let's keep the pressure on. Let's not revert back. Let's continue at that rate. But it all circles back to pressure because if the, if the pass rushes and get in there, and if you're right. lining up in that zone, well, somebody's going to be open. And that's what yep. we saw. So we got to get back to getting pressure on that quarterback, collapsing the pocket, and Khalil Mack doing what Khalil Mack does. Hopefully he can stay healthy. I know he got banged up a lot because he was going against a lot of those double and triple teams last season. So that's really why we need Robert Quinn to step up because if these teams have to play Khalil Mack head up because Robert Quinn is doing his job, Oh, my God. Could you imagine where this defense is going to go <laughs> in 2021, brother? Mercy. Ooh, we. Mercy for sure, because cannot, not one guy guard Khalil Mack. The guy will get in there, man. So, take hey, look, if, like you said, if Quinn does his job, man, that's going to be even better. Yeah. And now the other area that I'm just thinking that Sean Desai can do a little bit better a job than we saw happen last year, and that's stopping the running game. Now, there were a number of games last season where we saw some running backs that I kind of didn't think that they were that good, and they had some pretty good success running up the middle on our defense. Now, we right. know that we were without Eddie Goldman, who's really stout against the run, and you know that there were times that Hakeem Hicks was injured and he wasn't there. Right. right. Now, I'm hoping with the return of Eddie Goldman, with Hakeem Hicks being Hakeem Hicks, with Bilal Nichols being 
an up-and-coming emerging player that will be a little bit more stout going up against the running backs in the league, A-Dub. Yeah, man, Prince, I think we will be. I think if we are aggressive like that, which I believe the side wants to be, I think we have a very good chance this season, Prince, because you're right, that's going to be a key factor stopping that run, man. And I hate to say it, but key injuries did hurt last year. What guys been hurt like that you mentioned already with Hicks being out, a couple of guys. But I think if we have all our guys ready for those teams that really have a good running back, I think we can really do some damage. Because I'll tell you, man, when we didn't have Hicks that one game, Prez, we just saw how those guys eat in the middle up, man. I was like, Green Bay ran through us. I was like, geez, we need Hicks, man. We need them badly. And guys took full advantage of that. So if our guys are healthy, Prez, I think we can make some noise. I mean, we saw it in that Vikings game when Hakeem Hicks was in there. He was balling up Dalvin Cook. When right. Hakeem Hicks went down, Dalvin Cook started to go off a little bit. So that was a big loss. Roy Robinson Harris was another player that we had that we lost on the interior of the line. So those are a lot of key losses. So I'm hoping this season guys can stay healthy and we can go back to being that defense that you cannot run that ball on. That if you want to run that football, you better try to go take it outside and then you have to meet Mr. Roquan Smith. But you ain't running right. that shit up the middle of our defense. Definitely not. And I'll tell you one thing, Roquan will run you down. So I'm looking, hey, look, man, that guy, when I said a lot about him already about being an all-pro player, man, he brings a lot to the table. So you got the, the guys in the middle clogging it up and then let Roquan do him, man. That's all. That would be great for us for our defense. So, I mean, those were just a few just ideas I think that the side would be able to really just make sure that these are some things that I'm hoping. And I'm sure he's, a, you know, I'm sure he's already on the job. But those are some things I hope to see as we get into this 2021 season. And I would just say, too, staying healthy, player health is going to yes. be huge for us. And that, like you mentioned earlier, A-Dub, was probably a big reason why we saw a little bit of a slowdown with the defense because you had some key guys that got injured. Yep. Yeah, man, that health is going to be an uh, issue for us. We're going to be uh, something to look at. And then also I would say, man, staying aggressive. We can be one of those teams that stay aggressive, stay hungry, prayers, and just don't quit on any play whatsoever. The ball in the air, go get it, you know, whatever. Whatever it takes, man, that hustle, I think we'll be fine, man. But we've got to get back to 2018. That's what 2018 was all about, Perez. Playing physical, playing hard every play, man. Getting in there, stopping the run, slowing down at those offenses, man, and just putting it all out on the line. So I think that's what we've got to really get back to, for sure. A lot of those things that you already mentioned already. And also, too, the last thing that I have for this before we get out of here is I think sometimes it's important to just go back to the basics, going back to those core fundamentals. Because I feel like at times we got away from that. There were players on our team that weren't tackling well, Eddie Jackson. So sometimes it's just good. (laughs) Go back to the basic fundamentals, wrapping up, not missing tackles. We saw a lot of that last season. There's times on third down, that difference of making that tackle or slowing the ball carry up or somebody else can come clean it up, that's a matter of getting your defense off the field, and hopefully your offense can take advantage of that. Because I will admit this, A.W., you brought up a, a good point. There were times that the defense would be on the field for very long periods of time, and they wore down over the course of the season. And right. that was because of quarterback play that wasn't up to par. So I'm hoping that this season, the offense can help out the defense a little bit. So that way, some of these things that we're talking about, if all of these areas improve and we have an improved offense, Man, the sky's the limit. This could be a 10 or 11 week, a win ball club, bro. Absolutely, Perez. And one last thing I thought about, Perez, that occurred last season that I did not like, that you did not like either. And you said this on this podcast many weeks ago, Perez, is being a disciplined football team. Yes, There's been sir. plenty of times where we actually gave up penalties, right? 
our defense did. It's like, oh, you in there, and then you'll see Hicks have a meltdown, right, and make a bad penalty play. It's like, oh, geez, we cannot have that. That's the difference between getting the ball and those guys getting the first down. So we can't have any mental lapses either moving forward. Fair point. Hey, Doug, I'm excited, man. Training camp is finally here. We got a lot of recaps that we're going to be able to do. And I'm just really excited to see these guys back on the field. And we potentially, and not potentially, we have preseason games that are going to be on the horizon in the next couple of weeks. This is a great time for the city of Chicago, for Bears fans. So now they can stop arguing with each other on Twitter. And now they actually have some <laughs> things to focus their attention on. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. That's true. Because football is around the corner. And these days are going by very fast. Yes, sir, man. Well, hey, bro. As always, man, this is a dope-ass episode. I can't wait to get out there to Hallis Hall with you, bro. Good times are on the horizon. Listeners, yes, sir. we appreciate your continued support of the show, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sanchez Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our podcast. Bears Nation, come down with us. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.